Let's turn to Matthew 7, verses uh, 24 to 29. Matthew 7. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does not, and does them, will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the wind blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority, and not as their scribes. Let us pray. Father in heaven, as we begin to examine these scriptures, we commit Uh, Alexander Kurian uncle into your hands as he speaks from your word Uh, we pray that you give us uh, the wisdom to understand as he speaks from your word and that you give us the conviction and will to make changes in our life so that you may be pleased by these changes as we glorify you through our life on here on earth in the most precious name of your son we pray amen Good morning and praise the Lord. It is a double pleasure and a great honor and privilege for me and my wife to be in your midst this morning. The double privilege and pleasure is because I know you are a growing, thriving New Testament assembly in the tradition of the open brethren about which I am very proud of uh, my moorings and my heritage. The second uh, reason is, as uh, Brother George mentioned, you know, our relationship goes uh, uh, for a number of years. And uh, I had the joy and privilege of seeing him growing as a dynamic young man who had great commitment to the Lordship of Christ and above all to his word. And when I see this assembly and his leadership here, I am absolutely sure that it is God's honor and God's seal of his early commitment to the Lord. Uh, My father, my whole family are, uh, you know, have a great relationship with uh, George's family. So in several ways, uh, I'm in the company of uh, good and great people who love me and uh, honor me and who have uh, held my family in high esteem for the last many years and have been prayer partners with us. As it has been mentioned, I am involved uh, in the global proclamation of the gospel. My speciality now is more in teaching, training, and equipping ministries. I have completed 40 years in full-time ministry in the brethren, with the Brethren Assemblies. So I hope and pray that if the Lord gives me life and opportunities to continue that great ministry of encouraging God's people teaching his word and proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. And a special passion I have is to equip our leaders in biblical shepherdology, poemenics, so that they may be equipped to lead the people of God in the right direction with more pastoral skills and with more understanding of God's word. So we would definitely appreciate your prayers We just completed a month of ministry in various parts of India. 
will be returning back to Dallas to our home and to our home assembly uh, early tomorrow morning. So, but we wanted to meet with you this morning and to renew our fellowship and friendship, and I am sure that it is in the will, plan, and purpose of God. Shall we turn to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 7? The passage has already been read. You know, when I talk to my children, I have a son and a daughter, both of them married and settled in Dallas. We discuss a lot of theological and and biblical issues. So I always remind them that daddy's specialty is in Christ-centered and gospel-focused Bible exposition. That is the only type of preaching I like, I endorse, I don't like any other type of preaching. So if I am in your audience, if you preach in any other way, you know, it won't work. So, uh, gospel-focused and Christ-centered, or Christ-centered, gospel-focused, whichever way you want to uh, 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 qualify it, Bible exposition. Let the scriptures speak to us through proper hermeneutics, interpretation, application so that we may be able to hear what the Lord wants us to hear through his word. So this morning, that is my purpose. I have labored in the word. I have prayed, and I have prayed for you. I have prayed for myself, that the Lord may bring out the message in this passage very clear to our lives. You know, the passage which we read is the last part of the Sermon on the Mount. The very concluding words of the Sermon on the Mount. The first part is very famous, that is the Beatitudes. Many of us know it by heart. It's very soothing. It is very poetical. It is very enriching. It is very appealing. So, but the last part is usually a neglected part of the scripture. The beginning, the Sermon on the Mount, we hear the joyful sound of happiness. But the last part, when the Sermon on the Mount concludes, it concludes with the sound of crash and destruction and warning. The foolish man who built his house upon the sand, his life collapsed and it fell with a great crash. Great was his crash. You know, the Lord used the word megale, great. Terrible was the crash of that house which was built on the sands. Now, there are differing interpretations on the Sermon on the Mount. And because of the varying interpretations, many people do not dare to speak from the Sermon on the Mount. So, for the last uh, several years, I have been studying and preaching on it in different parts of the world. And recently in my assembly, I had uh, uh, a series of Bible studies also on the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, I don't want to get into all the varying interpretive schemes of the Sermon on the Mount, but I want to show you the message that is contained and its application to our life. But probably there is an interpretive key that all interpretive scheme accepts in the Sermon on the Mount. That is, this sermon is all about the king and the kingdom. The kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
the word kingdom basilia is used by matthew 37 times more than any other writer in the new testament so i want to summarize what i understand from the sermon on the mount whatever be your interpretive inclination the sermon the king and his kingdom that is a predominant that is the predominant theme in this sermon so make sure you are in the kingdom that is something very very important make sure you are in the kingdom of the lord jesus christ now then the lord jesus christ also reminds us that be prepared for the full and literal final climactic future manifestation of that kingdom you may be enjoying its spiritual blessings today but in a visible literal glorious way it will be here and make sure that you are getting ready to be in that kingdom be prepared for its future manifestation but as you live your life here upon this earth today make sure you incarnate the values the righteousness the standards of that kingdom as kingdom citizens living here and now upon this earth and finally glorify and serve its king always in your life so the entire theme revolves around the message of the kingdom now look at verse 24 therefore that is the concluding statement the sermon is over so beautiful homiletics here because there is an introduction there is the development of the content a climax is built then the conclusion is brought a master homiletician with great homiletical skill built this tremendous sermon therefore whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them i will like him to a wise man who built his house on the rock now the lord jesus christ is not asking here to build our life upon him that is the number one mistake many people make when reading this passage of course we begin our life our christian life by building our life upon him by receiving him as our savior and lord a direct personal intimate relationship with the lord jesus christ life begins when jesus comes in there is no other way christian life can begin it begins when we have a personal relationship with the lord jesus christ by believing in him by building our life upon that solid foundation of the rock on the rock of the ages that is true but read carefully that is not what he is saying here if anyone who hears so whoever so it is applicable to any one of us all of us hears these logos these words of mine i have been giving you lot of teachings in this sermon so if you if you build your life upon those teachings 
So what are the teachings the Lord Jesus Christ gave in this sermon? Because the Lord concludes his sermon by saying that whoever hears these sayings of mine. Now in the literal Greek text, the emphasis is the mine is in the beginning. Whoever hears these my sayings. So my is in the emphatic position. My teaching. My saying. The authority of the king. The unique truths of the king. The oracles of the king. The kingdom standards of the king. The righteousness of the king. The glories of the king. And the call to the kingdom citizens. My sayings. It is uniquely different from any other teaching. So when I read that and as I was studying this, I went back to the previous chapters because it is very important for us to know what are the sayings on which the Lord Jesus Christ built this sermon. I will just give you a quick review. All of us probably know it. He began the sermon by teaching us who are the really happy people, really blessed people. Then he talked about we being the salt and the salt of the earth and light of the world. He taught us about prayer and fasting, reconciliation and forgiveness and worship, the problem of anger and lust and adultery. The permanence of marriage covenant, charitable deeds, and uh, uh, having treasures in heaven, the need to abolish worry, radical discipleship and commitment to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. These are the things he was teaching all through these, this sermon. Then, at the end he is saying, whoever hears... These teachings of mine. That means each one of us are called to obey these teachings which the Lord Jesus Christ gave us in the Sermon on the Mount. In relation to our life, our marriage, be having treasures in heaven, the need to abolish worry, radical commitment, the problem of lust and anger, and the sin of adultery, all these things that can crash our life. The Lord taught us how to deal with such things. Then he is concluding the sermon. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them and obey them. So dear brothers and sisters, the Lord is calling us not simply to appreciate this sermon. This is the greatest sermon ever preached. Many people, even many secular minds, had great appreciation for this sermon. But the Lord is asking us that if you have heard this sermon, if you have studied it, known it, I want you to obey it. Obey the teachings. So our prayer should be this morning, Lord, we know quite a bit about this sermon we know this is the greatest sermon ever preached. We know the theme of it. We sing about it. You know, Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That beautiful verse, all of us know by heart. 
and we have a chorus that is built upon that verse. We sing it, we know it. But this morning, give us the grace, give us the humility, give us the passion to obey the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ in relation to varied things mentioned in this sermon and how it is related to our life. Lord, help me to obey that. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and obeys them, does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. So this wise man is one who builds his life, his daily living, his Christian life upon the rock, not on the Lord Jesus Christ that is already established, but on the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we have the Sunday school chorus. The wise man built his house on the rock and the foolish man built his house on the sand. Then the last uh, verse of that chorus tells that, you know, how the foolish man who did not build his house upon the rock, who is the Lord Jesus Christ, and uh, his house uh, fell and it had a terrible crash. But there is an old uh, English hymn in some of the old uh, uh, hymn books. You will find this hymn. How firm a foundation is saints of the Lord is laid for your faith in his excellent word. So that is what this sermon is all about. It is not building our life upon Jesus Christ. But how firm a foundation is saints of the Lord is laid for your faith, for your life, for my life in his excellent word. That is the emphasis of the sermon. Whoever hears these sayings of mine, my logos, my word, my teachings, and who obeys them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Are you building your life on the words of the Lord Jesus Christ? On the message of the Lord Jesus Christ? On his holy word? What about your marriage? What about your career? What about your decisions? What about your family? How about your attitude to wealth, to money, the priorities of life, your relationship with others? Do you have a problem of anger and lust? Is Satan tempting you in your life? See, the Lord Jesus Christ touched upon all these matters in this sermon. Whoever hears these words of mine and builds his life, Upon these words and obeys it, I will liken him to a wise man who built his life on that foundation of the rock. Are you building your life on the rock of his teaching, on the rock of the holy word of God? Look at verse 25. And the rain descended. The Lord did not say, if the rain comes... The Lord guaranteed that the rain will descend. The rain descended. 
You know, not that if the rain came. No, the rain descended. The floods came. And the winds blew. So the rains will come in your life. The rains and the wind and uh, uh, the floods will come, no doubt. Trials and temptations and challenges of life. Terrible, terrible crisis can happen. We may be confronted with so many challenges in life. When I read it, I get the sense that as though the Lord has guaranteed that some kind of trial will visit us sometime in our life. None of us are exempted from that because we are living in a fallen world, in a sinful world. So the rains will come, brothers and sisters. The trials will come. The challenges will come. The sickness will come. Temptations will come. Problems will come. From unexpected corners at unexpected time. The, your weather predictions may go wrong. And you will be faced and challenged with problems and trials in your life. But look at the most comforting assurance in verse 25. And beat on that house. That terrible challenges and confrontation with problems. And it did not fall. You know in Dallas we have a preacher Tony Evans. Some of you might have heard him. African American. They get very excited when they read uh, you know. Wonderful truths like this. So Tony will say, Whoop, my boy, you know, it did not fall. Whoop! It did not fall. It's a great assurance to me this morning. I'm so happy in the Lord this morning because the Lord has told me, whatever be the trials and the problems, the temptations, the challenges, the rains and the winds, and the floods that may come if your life is built upon the solid foundation. It begins with the Lord Jesus Christ and the superstructure is again built upon the foundation of his word. The holy word, the holy Bible, the scriptures. Then that life will not fall. It will not collapse Dear brothers and sisters, I have good news for you. Whatever be the circumstances of your life, the Lord is assuring that it will not fall. It will not fall. The Lord said, it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock, past perfectness. It was founded on the rock. New American Standard brings out the tense very beautifully, it had been founded on the rock. You know, it is the state of a past completion. The work has already been done. You have selected the right foundation, the right materials, the right stuff. And you have already built upon that foundation. Because when the problems come, you cannot change the foundation in between. The foundation has to be laid first. 
so when the problems come when the calamities come when temptations come then suddenly a revival now i want to change my foundation no you can't do that many people think that they can do that you know they have their own philosophy of life their i'm talking about believers their own priorities their own traditions their own legalism their own way of doing things they are stubborn they are obstinate and when problems come they think okay now let me start on a new foundation no you can't do that because the foundation has to be laid very early in the beginning it had already been founded so the rock the man who built his house upon the rock the rains came the winds blew and beat on that house and the house did not fall the reason is he had a strong foundation already done already completed already founded all days will not be sunny days and bright days we will get rained on look at verse 7 sorry chapter 7 verse 14 because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way narrow is the gate the gate of entrance to eternal life then the lord said once we enter through the gate we are heading on into the way and what did the lord say narrow is the gate and difficult is the way the way of the christian will be difficult the life of the christian the the road on which we travel it will be difficult i like that phrase narrow is the gate and difficult is the way so we do not believe in prosperity theology because the lord said narrow is the gate and difficult is the way but in the midst of that the lord said you can build your life upon the foundation of my word then it will not fall it will be sustained it will be strengthened and it will be a house that was built on the rock now look at one more thing this man he might have dug deep he might have spent lot of time it is costly and he completed his house and it stood the, the test of time but look at the next verse but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them those who neglect the teaching neglect the word those who are disobedient to the word will be like a foolish man you know the word there is moros from which we get the word moron so here the lord is speaking about speaking about believers who was who are moron can you believe that you know the lord is talking here speaking to us that you can be a very foolish believer you can be a believer but you can be a very foolish one because 
you entered through the narrow gate and you did not know that the way is difficult and you forgot to build your life upon the strong foundation of my teaching you became so foolish in the values of your life in the philosophy of your life in the outlook of your life and man you missed it that's what the lord is saying what a tremendous truth is that we can be foolish in our decisions we can be foolish in our selections we can be foolish in our choosings we can be foolish you know in many many things which we do so the need to constantly depend upon the lord and his word and to be sensitive to the leadership of the holy spirit every day in our life as we re- as we sing in that old hymn trust and obey you know when we walk with the lord in the light of his word what a glory he sheds on our way while we do his good will he abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey that is exactly what this passage is teaching rains sickness calamities floods and wind but the lord said if you obey my words you will be safe it did not fall but if you act foolishly and if you do not obey my words i will liken that man to a foolish man who built his house on the sand verse 27 and the rain descended you know he might have predicted that the rain will not come because his friends and his family his co-workers you know they don't believe in this stuff so they might have assured him man rains won't come you can have a good time you can be like us you can be like the world the rains won't come you know why you worry about this rain and he miscalculates even as a believer under peer pressure because he is imitating the way of the world he is following other morons he is following other morons who are foolish who have not built their life upon the lord nor upon his teachings and they become his counselors and they become sometimes you know our guides and counselors and satan uses worldly influence to upset our priorities and to take our directions away into the world and our focus on the lord can be lost i'm talking from my own experience i'm talking from the experience of thousands and thousands of believers it can happen it can happen to anyone that is why the lord gave concluded the message on a note of warning another important thing that you know i observed in this passage is this man who built on the his house on the sand he might not have deliberately chosen the sand he might have been careless about it he was not you know searching where where can i have my house built can i get some good sand where i can build my house no he probably did not do that 
but he was careless and he did not give priority to the foundation of the rocks he did not foresee any storms he saw nothing in the forecast and he did not develop any roots these two houses looked alike you know it is identical it may be very near it may might have been built you know closely to one another the forecast of this man went wrong in the midst of the storm he could not change the foundation and the floods came look at verse 27 and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall megale the lord did not simply say it fell okay chapter close no the lord said terrible consequences great was its fall if you read a matthew luke's gospel luke uh, 649 almost a parallel passage there we read immediately the house fell the lord added the word luke adds the word there immediately as soon as the rains came immediately it fell on the rock you know to theologically paraphrase this parable let me put it this way justification was not followed by the demands of sanctification justification our salvation you know building upon the rock the lord jesus christ we praise the lord that is the basic most important decision in our life but that justification was not followed by the demands of sanctification it is like our married life on the wedding day you exchange your covenant with one another but that is not the end of it you have to follow it up you have to obey you have to be faithful to that covenant throughout your married life then only that wedding day that wedding becomes a a real wedding a real married life evolves from that wedding don't you see that is the same thing the lord is saying you know that the moment we accept the lord jesus christ as our savior that wonderful transaction of justification it's like a wedding a one time decision and it is binding for all of life but it has to be followed by commitment to your spouse and to the wedding covenant so that you have a blessed wedding wedded life married life justification was not followed by the demands of sanctification would you come with me as we close just to read a couple of verses because this is very very important i believe it is a forgotten truth look at hebrews chapter 5 and uh, i i i want you to see how the writer to the hebrews uses the word soteria salvation okay 
You don't have to be a Bible scholar to understand it. A very simple reading of the text in any language will convince you of this. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 12. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Mm, this salvation seems to be conditional. He is the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Come with me to the same book, chapter 6, verse 12. That you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So the writer to the Hebrews uses salvation at least in two senses. One is the basic way which we understand salvation. That is, we receive eternal life. But he also uses salvation as the climax of our sanctification. And at the end, sharing in the Son's triumph in his kingdom, sharing in the victory of the Son of God, thus to inherit the promises and fulfill and completely enjoy that salvation. So in an inclusive sense, in a comprehensive sense, the fullness of salvation in the kingdom that is to come. So he talks about the deliverance and the victory and the final inheritance in his kingdom. Justification needs to be followed by the demands of salvation. Dear brothers and sisters, it is time to do a building inspection. Are we, where are we building our life? Where are you building your career, your marriage, your family? What is the philosophy of your life, my life? How am I building my ministry? Am I building it just like others are building it? Do I have the mega church mentality? Am I trying to compete with someone? Do I want prosperity and money and wealth in my ministry? Do I want to build like others or do I want to build my ministry as the Lord has taught me to do it? The last verse, two verses, 28. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished. The people were astonished at his teachings. Majestic teachings. People were astonished. The word astonished literally is it blew their minds. That is literally the word. They were bewildered. They could not believe the power and the authority behind it. Verse 29. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. You know, when the scribes, when they taught the people, they would quote other rabbis to bolster their authority. It is like we writing a thesis paper or a dissertation. 
half of the pages half of the page every page is footnotes because we want to prove that our findings our research is well supported by authority so that's how the scribes used to teach but the lord jesus christ did not teach that way his own he did not just he did not quote others his words had that great uh, authority now matthew places a lot of emphasis on the authority of the lord jesus christ throughout his gospel in chapter 9 and verse 6 matthew 9 6 but that you may know that the son of man has i am reading from nkjv has power but actually the word is exousia authority on earth to forgive sins chapter 10 verse 1 and when he had called his 12 disciples to him he gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases you find the word exousia repeated again in chapter 21 three times then chapter 28 all authority in heaven and on earth is given to me so what is the final question in this sermon who is the who is your authority in your life under whose authority are we living it is the authority and the lordship of christ that became evident in this sermon so our final response should be lord help us to live under your authority in all areas of our life your word your teaching your authority may we submit to that authority as we commit ourselves to the lordship of christ in our life shall we pray loving father we thank you for the verses which we were able to meditate this morning very simple truth we have heard it from our childhood and sunday school classes but we thank thee that this morning we could look at it in depth and see how it affects our life and what is our obligation and duty what should be our response to the concluding remarks of the lord jesus christ in the sermon on the mount pray that each one of us may be able to build our life upon the teaching upon the very words of the lord jesus christ that our life may become strong productive fruitful that we may be faithful humble pure stewards of the manifold grace of god in our own lives unto that end we commend and commit ourselves to you make this message a great blessing to each one of us and help us to live under the sovereign authority of the lord jesus christ and give us obedient and submissive hearts thank you for our time together in worship and remembrance and also in studying thy holy word we pray this giving thee our thanks and worship in our savior's holy and precious name amen